Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of uh, Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is DeAndre Anderson. Uh, DeAndre and I have actually worked together and done some business together. We've done some, uh, he's been my wholesaler. He's found me some deals. Um, DeAndre, let's let's get into your story and how uh, how you got to where you are now. So we'll, go, we'll give him a little bit of background first. Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to make it quick. So, uh, so I basically I was I was in college at Florida Atlantic University. It's basically in Florida. I was trying to be a cop. Uh, I was actually going to try to be a police officer. Um, but then what happened was I graduated. Right with all this, I had a student loan debt. I couldn't get a job. I was like, Yo, what do I do now? Right. And then I had a buddy who gave me the rich dad poor dad book, you know, and it basically changed my life. Um, once I read the book uh, and, the, and the principles and the things he was talking about, I just started realizing like I don't want to work for anyone for the rest of my life. Um, so not too long after that, I actually was looking on the internet like how to get into real estate, how to get into Amazon. I was just trying to find ways, you know, different business ventures to get into. And then I stumbled across wholesaling on YouTube. Um, and then I just started watching a whole bunch of wholesaling videos. And then that's where the journey started. Yep. Cool. So, uh, yeah, you got into wholesaling. Um, I don't know how far along in the journey you met me. I bought, I think it was a couple houses off of you. And uh, um, you've transitioned into land. Why is that an evolution to do in wholesaling? Or how did that go? Yeah, so I was doing, I was doing houses. And you were one of my best, I mean, the best cash buyer I had. Um, but for some reason I met, so I met, so I met one of my friends and they were like, Hey, I host a land. I've never, I've never heard of land. Right. So I actually just, I was like, you know what? I'm doing houses. I'm good right now. Um, but I'll end up flying to Atlanta to their, like a seminar. It was a one day seminar. It was only 145 bucks. I was like, yeah, hey, what I got to lose. Right. Um, and they were just talking about hosting the land to builders and developers. Right. Um, and I just, I was, I was just hearing the numbers and the deals that they were doing and the volume. And I was like, Hey, you know what? I won't give up houses completely, but I'll give land a shot. Um, so when I started marketing for land sellers, uh, it was a little bit different from houses, right? Um, there was less motivation. Uh, I mean, not less motivation, I'm sorry, but there was less attachment to the property, right? Versus, oh. someone, who, versus someone who they lived here, or they have some type of emotional attachment, right? Bathroom, kitchen, roof, all that extra stuff. With land, there was none of that. There was no bathroom, no kitchen, no. I don't have to ask them, was the last time you updated the, you know, the, the kitchen, the bathroom, uh, the countertops, all, you know, appliances, right? It's like, hey, you own a piece of dirt. It's either you want to sell it or you don't. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the only questions we asked, you know, did you intend on building in a building on it or something like that? But I noticed the attachment was very low, very low. Okay. But the, also my worry, if I was going to be a wholesaler, would be that it'd be harder to find buyers for this land as well, right? There's everyone's like, wholesale a real estate's so sexy. You know, I want these houses. Man, you don't like you do hear about it, but it's less popular, the the land game. Yeah, and no, it is less popular because when people think about wholesaling real estate, they think about they think about houses, right? But they don't think about the foundation, which is the dirt underneath, right? Um, so, and honestly, I took I literally took that niche and literally like literally flew with it, right? Um, and the thing about the buyers, you mentioned the buyers, right? So that's why um, most people that do get into land that I hear of, they treat it like houses, right? They 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 get properties on the contract and then they start hunting for the buyers, right? When it comes to the land niche, we don't do that. We find our buyers first and then we start hunting for the land. 
right? Um, so we're, we're, we're working with the biggest builders in the uh, in the world, like the DR Hortons. Uh -huh. Yeah, so I'll actually get on the phone or email or call DR Horton. Say, hey, D Mr. and Mrs. DR Horton, right? Uh, where are you guys buying land at? Where are at? What city? What area? How much are you paying? What's the size of the land? What do you want to build? I'll go into a whole questionnaire with them. And they'll answer all of those questions. And once they give me that criteria, then I go out and start hunting for the land. So it's basically reverse wholesaling. That's genius. It's genius. You don't need a whole list or anything. You know, you have your buyer already. Yep. It makes a lot of sense. I do see sometimes you have them up on um, on Facebook that you've posted a couple of your like pieces of land. Is that just because the the buyers or the, the developers that weren't interested in it? Yeah, so what happens is, um, so the my first line of defense to get the properties off is obviously the builders that I work with, the DR Hortons, the other type of big builders yep. that I work with. Now, now when they decide to pass on the land, then we I go on to the second phase, which is called a retail buyer. So these retail buyers are just a mom and pop, husband and wife. They may live in the same state, they may live in a different state, but they're just looking to buy the land and maybe put a mobile home on it or build their dream home on it. So once the, all the builders pass on the land, like it doesn't fit in their buy box, right? Then I start looking for realtors and retail buyers. Um, so once I get to that point on Facebook, now I'm trying to reach out to agents and see what kind of clients they're working with who want land. And I've actually sold a lot of land to a lot of retail buyers because um, not every piece of land is meant for builders or developers. Some land is just meant for a regular mom and pop to build their dream home on. So, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. You mentioned earlier that I was a good buyer. So I'm guessing that there are some bad buyers. <laughs> what... <laughs> What, uh, how can like, as a buyer, like, cause I think a lot of people that are listening are buyers. How can we make these wholesalers lives easier? <laughs> uh, well, so I, a lot of the, I guess you say bad buyers, they're really horrible at communication, right? So when you, I guess, write them or respond to them and you send them the deals and stuff like that, um, they don't get back to you. So I'm talking about ever, right? They never email you back. They never call or text you back. So maybe if, some buyers gave the wholesaler maybe a little bit more feedback, then that can maybe be a, you know, help with the relationship better. Uh, I'm not saying that the buyers have to coach the wholesaler like, hey, you need to do this, this, that. That's, that's, you don't have to do that. But if I send a deal and it's not a deal, just say, hey, man, look, it's not a deal. I need my numbers to be here to make this work, right? Or you can just simply say, hey, I passed on that, right? And why you passed. That just makes like, okay, great. I see why he passed. So the next buyer might pass for the same thing uh, because a lot of bad buyers, uh, well, I even had buyers that I went under contract with, right? That I, they signed the assignment and everything. And when it was time to close, they just disappeared. I never heard from them, uh, never got an EMD from them, pushed it for the EMD, never got that, never showed up to closing. Uh, so yeah, so they just, I mean, just communicate, hey, you, I, I don't want the property, it doesn't fit. Or if they did sign the uh, sign the contract, just let them know, hey, I know I signed it, but I re, I redid my numbers and I actually don't want to purchase the property. It's really just, you know, open communication. Yeah, it's know? not fair to you, right? Because now yeah. you look like a jerk too. If there's a home, uh, whoever owns that property, you're the middleman, you look like a jerk because you couldn't close. It looks like it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, correct, yep. Cool. So... I know you buy these things in Florida. Do you go and like when you were doing wholesaling for properties or wholesaling for land, I guess, either, do you see these properties? Do you, or how, how do you, how do you do the do you virtually? Like, do you just do it over the phone or how, how, how do you like to do this? Well, I do, I do everything virtually from my laptop. I've never really go see a piece of land. The only time I'll go take a look at it 
um, if I want to do some content, make a video and talk about the numbers. But when it actually comes to making offers and negotiate with these sellers, I never actually go see the lands. Works right. So let's just say the buyer says, "Hey, I can buy quarter acre lots in this area for fifty thousand, right?" And then I reach out to a bunch of sellers in that same area for quarter acre lots, and they want forty thousand a piece, right? So then I'll just send them to the buyer at fifty, then I'll make ten thousand dollars a piece, right? I don't ever go to the land. The builder goes, you know, we get on the contract. They or they schedule the surveys. They do the environmental tests. They do all the perk tests. They do all that stuff. So I don't really do anything but bring them the deal. So in those circumstances, do I ever have after actually ever have to go look at the vacant lot? R rarely ever. Was it was it any different when you're doing houses? Uh, it it is a little different. It's a little bit more easier because when I was doing houses, I needed some type of boots on the ground. I had to get pictures. I had to have someone meet up with the sellers. And then uh, let's say like if it wasn't vacant, right? I had to schedule the buyers to come in while the tenant was there. It was just a lot, a little bit more of a hassle. But with the land, I don't need any pictures. There's no meeting with no tenant. There's no meeting with the owner. Um, it's like, hey, I could just go, they can just drive by and go look at a piece of dirt, you know? Yeah. There's no, hey, this is the right time. Oh, it's too late, it's too early. You can just go look at the land where you want. Um, and most of the big builders that I work with, these building companies, they don't look at the land either, to be honest with you, right? They get on the contract, um, we get on the contract, and they go out after and they do their due diligence. And if it, if it doesn't fit, we just cancel because we have what's called a feasibility study. Basically, it's uh, like the inspection period. Um, you know, and you could do it. Honestly, you could do a lot of value in that way, honestly. Interesting. And do... Um... Do these builders care about the assignment fee? Like, or do they ever get upset if they're like, because I just saw your post, I think it was this morning or whatever, it's a 35K assignment fee or something like that. Like, yep. do they do they see that? Do they get upset with something like that? Or are they okay with, you know, we, we agreed on a certain price in a certain area? Or yeah, they don't, they don't, I'm gonna be honest with you, they don't really care. I think so. The bigger institutional buyers like the DR Hortons of the world, they don't care. And now, if you're working with a more local buyer that has limited capital, um, that's more that actually goes and look at the land and close faster, they may have an issue. But that deal was actually from a institutional buyer, they, they did not care whatsoever. As long as the numbers work for them, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I would say that working with builders is a lot different from working with regular cash buyers with houses up because a lot of these big building companies, they don't, they don't allow double closings, right? They don't allow you to double close. Some of them only do assignments only like, hey, you can only do assignments. They must see the A to B. They must see how much you got it for because um, and honestly, they don't. And another reason why they don't care about how much you're making is because it's not their money. Right. The people that I'm talking to, I'm talking to the land acquisition specialist. So I'm talking to the scattered lot manager. Right. So their job is to acquire the land. It's not their money. It's the company's money. So they don't care how much you make as long as they bring. They keep bringing the lots because they have a job to do. That's their nine to five. Um, so that's why with the bigger builders and institutions, they don't really care that much, but with the local smaller builders, right? It's their company. It's kind of like, Hey, I'm the guy with the cash, you know, um, buying it. Right. So they care a little bit, a little bit more than the institutional buyers. Uh, those big builders, they have unlimited capital. You can make, uh, so I, yeah, so i I closed the deal on Friday. I made 35 grand, right. Um, just got to check Monday. My buddy closed the deal with the same builder and made 44 grand, right. They don't care as long as the numbers work for them it doesn't matter that's awesome and then they're probably i'm guessing this to make a thirty-five thousand dollar assignment fee on land you're you're talking about uh not a 
<laughs> not a 5,000 piece of land, obviously. Um, so you're buying probably, it's probably something in a nice subdivision or something like that, where they want to build a, or like, you know, an acre lot or something where they want to build like a, you know, designer house or something like that on there. Yeah. So basically what they build, they're called spec homes, right? They're called yeah. spec home builders. Uh, so they basically, before they even buy the land or whatever, they already know their numbers. They already know how much it's going to cost to build a house, how much they need to get the land for, and how much their estimated revenue or gross profit should be once they sell the land. Um, so they're literally just really, they're literally just looking to build a regular single family home <clears throat> that actually like fits the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not trying to build something. They're not trying to have the best house on the, I guess the best house on the regular block. They're just trying to have the regular house. It's a new construction home. Um, and they, and they, cause they're, they want to make a profit. If they put too much into the property, made it look too good, then that basically eats up their margins. So they have a number they need to be at to buy the land. They already know the cost of materials and what's going to cost to build and they know what they can sell it for. So once those numbers make sense, then, you know, the price of the land makes sense to them. Um, but they are, I do, I, I have wholesale land in some, um, some very high end neighborhoods with like HOAs and gated communities and, uh, things of that nature. And those, uh, those lots are generally going for a lot higher, a lot higher price points. Um, and they build actual, like a, uh, like a four, three with a pool and all that, uh, which, which is, which is pretty dope, but it has to match yeah. the has to match the neighborhood. <laughs> whenever they're doing that like for an hoa on land that you don't actually have to pay any fees do you uh, yes you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so with the hoas man let me tell you so um these buyers they've uh they even they even communicated with me they said hey when it comes to the hoas we bought properties at hoas didn't know they were hoas and then we realized that we couldn't build our product in this community so they had to oh. resell the land so now before I wholesale, if I get anything in the HOA, I have to get the uh, the HOA documents, um, like I guess the requirements to build. I have to get the communicate, I have to get the uh, the contact information of the president, the chair, whoever I can get my hands on on the HOA board to make sure that this product can be built in that community. Um, and that has to be like brought up up front because those documents can make or break a deal. And even when you own the land, you still have to pay your dues, your HOA dues. So, yeah. Full price? Like, it's not a discounting because there's nothing there? <laughs> no, no discounting. Oh. <laughs> the, full, the full amount is due. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. And, and it's like, sounds like a bit more of a hassle dealing with the HOAs. It's one of those things you're like, you just skip on it or you still, I guess it's worth it, right? Or what do you it's think? Worth, it's, it's worth it because the spreads are there. It's a headache because once we find out it's HOA, now we have to find the contact information, right? And then when we talk to the sellers, they don't, they're like, uh, yeah, it's an HOA, but I don't know how to get in contact with them because some of these HOAs, they're not like, they don't have an office on the, uh, in the community. Sometimes these HOAs, um, they're just, I guess, virtual or they're managing other, these HOA managers are managing other properties in different areas. Yep. Um, so sometimes I say, hey, can you check your email? Can you go back to the documents you first signed when you got there? We need those documents in order to make a decision on purchasing your vacant land. Um, so the HOA can be a hassle if the seller doesn't have um, all the necessary information and if they don't have a like a HOA manager like on at, at, at an office, because if they had an office, the website and all that, it would be easy to just call, get up, go to the website, go to the office, call, whatever. But they don't have a website. They don't have an office. And some of these HOAs are really hard to find. Yeah. Everything I just, just dawned on me. 
everything we've talked about sounds awesome about doing land. What are the downsides or the, the tough spots of doing land? Are there okay. any? <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, definitely downsides of doing land. So when, when it comes to the downside, I think the good always the bad, but with everything there is bad, there's cause to it, right? So we have to worry about flood zones, right? Things that are properties that are in flood zones that are in wetlands. Um, <clears throat> all the buyers that I know, they pass on all those vacant lots, right? Um, because they go, so we get a property in the contract, they go to the lot, they get a survey done, um, and it's like, hey, this whole thing is a wetland. It's literally puddle. You put your foot in there, you're sinking in the ground, right? So the flood zones in the wetlands is very huge. Um, <clears throat> there's also some land that has endangered species like uh, turtles, the gopher tortoises are the worst, the owls as well. Like it's called an owl burrow. And you can't just, <clears throat> you can't just <clears throat> remove these owls, remove these turtles. You actually have to get in contact with the Florida Wildlife Commission or FWC, you have to pay to get them removed. Uh, things like that. So we got the turtles, we got the owls, we got the flood zones. Um, sometimes these lots have a sinkhole. Right? <laughs> I literally <laughs> just wrote that down. I'm like, you started sinkhole. saying, I'm like, I'm like, when I think Florida and land, I'm like sinkholes. <laughs> yeah, so sinkholes. So with some of these vegan lots, they have sinkholes. So it doesn't, you can't see this stuff from the internet. It doesn't show you unless you look at the, the, the topography, you may see like a difference in elevation in the terrain. But as far as the, so you might go to the lot, you're like, oh, wow, there's a big hole in the middle. Right. And you can't see that from the Google images. Right. Um, so that's what we have. So we got the sinkholes, we got the turtles, uh, the tortoises, the flood zones. And then sometimes the land is in the what's called a retention area. I'm not quite sure what that means, okay. um, but but I've seen something that was in there like, hey, this area is a retention area. I don't even think you could build on it. Right. I never looked into what a retention area meant, but that's a red flag. So um, and then also the number one thing is no <clears throat> no road access right so oh. i run into a lot of pieces of land that it's landlocked right so i'm like there's no access to it there's no easements recorded in the public records so it's like they want to sell the land they're motivated but we can't get access right so it's that's just that that just <clears throat> opens up another can of worms yeah <laughs> it would uh so I guess basically the, the a lot of the problems come with the is is this lot buildable? Is really yeah. you got a, a whole bunch of roadblocks in the way zoning maybe too, right? I don't know depending where they are, right? Um, but yeah, it's going to be depending what these builders want to do. Cool. Anything I didn't ask you about wholesaling, even wholesaling houses, wholesaling land, um, your story, anything I didn't get into that you wanted to get into? Oh uh, well, <clears throat> well, just to talk a little bit more about uh, just to get a little, a little bit more land, right? So there's some, there are some special things you can do with land. Um, I mean, land is just like, by the way, land is just like houses as far as when it comes to like probate and bankruptcies and divorce. Like all those motivations are the same, right? Um, so it doesn't change. It's like, oh, this works for houses, but this doesn't work for land. That's not true, right? It's all the same motivations: the cold liens, the violations, like. You can literally transition. I'm not convincing anyone to come over the land. What I'm saying yeah. is it's the same issue you do with houses as far as like the motivated sellers and the different reasons they want to sell. Same thing when it comes to land. Um, so it's really no different as far as the issues. Because I still i am going through probate on some deals right now. Um, <clears throat> code violations, back taxes. It's really all the same. And literally the auction date's coming up. I got to, you know, get this land sold before the auction date. It's all the same issues. Um, <clears throat> But another thing that I do in Jacksonville, right? So I do a lot of land in Jacksonville as well. 
um, they have these uh, pieces of land that are uh, not buildable, you call them, because they're like too small and it doesn't fit city requirements. So uh, what you can do is there's something called a variance, right? So you can actually get a variance on the piece of land um, and you can basically give it to an attorney and say, hey, I want to make this buildable. I believe it fits the city requirements, the square feet, the depth, et cetera. So this attorney will basically uh, file a paperwork with the with the zoning or the, the county and say, hey, we want to we want this lot to be buildable because it meets the requirements. So if your variance is approved, that that 2,000 or 3,000 square foot lot that you thought wasn't buildable, now it's actually buildable, right? So now once you make it buildable, now it's actually worth something and you can sell it. Right, so the numbers still yes. have to make sense, but you can turn the unbuildable lot into a buildable lot. Right now, every city, state, and county is different on the requirements to make something buildable. Uh, but you can make something that's not buildable buildable if you understand the city and the county requirements. It's good, just like real estate investing, value add, right? <laughs> value yeah. add. You said yeah. Jacksonville. There, where else are you? Uh, what other markets? Yeah, so I'm doing Jacksonville and a lot. I'm doing a lot of Central Florida, so like Volusia County, Lake County. Um, so like, um, like Deltona, Daytona beach, um, Orlando area, um, like Leesburg, Florida, just really, so my main markets right now is Jacksonville and central Florida. Those are like the bulk of my deals. I, I do do some heel or uh, some deals here and there in like Port St. Lucie and like, uh, the Southwest Florida, like Lee County, like, uh, Cape Coral and Lehigh acres, but I love Jacksonville and I love central Florida. So every, everybody wants to be near Orlando and Disney World and Central Florida. So that's like one of my best markets right now. One of my partners is from Lehigh Hakers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, awesome. Anything else I should ask? Uh, I, I, I only had a few questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever. Yeah, I think there's everything. Really. Yeah. Well, DeAndre, love catching up with you. It's always good. Um, you get back into some uh, single family. We'll talk again too. Um, but uh, actually, I'm not doing much in Jacksonville right now. Anyway, just uh, finishing up deals and and moving on to a different market. But um, good to catch up. Uh, if people wanted to track you down. What's uh, where would they find you if they wanted to find some uh, raw land deals? Uh, so they can, they can find me on Facebook at DeAndre Anderson, and it's just the regular way you spell my name: D E A N D R E A N D E R S O N. Or you can find me on Instagram. I'm very active on Instagram at Flipping Contracts Dre. Um, there's no special characters, no like. It's just at Flipping Contracts Dre. D R E. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So great to work with DeAndre. Good to catch up with DeAndre. Thanks for coming on the show. A lot of value in here. It's awesome stuff. Uh, thanks again. Thank you. Appreciate it, Glenn. <laughs>